When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, there's a definite Australian theme to the music on the show and the show itself because we're very heavily focusing on the Australian Open at the moment because we're down to the semi-finals. Just four remain in the men's and women's draw with a chance to win the first Grand Slam of 2023. Suspicion still surrounds Novak Djokovic's injury status, but once again, he looked in really hot form as he punched his way through to the semi-finals in straight sets against the fifth-seeded Andre Rublev. And today is Australia Day across the ditch, so it's a big welcome back to the show for Brett Phillips, of course, SEN tennis commentator, and it's a happy Australia Day to you, sir. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, good morning. Um, a day off for uh, yeah, plenty, <laughs> but uh, we'll keep uh, keep soldiering on at the tennis, um, which we uh, which we love. We'd have it no other way. So, yeah, looking forward to the business end of the tournament. Uh, semis for the women tonight. Semis have been decided, as you mentioned there, for the men. So, yeah, we're getting right down to the uh, right down to the business end. So, okay, so a lot of focus uh, clearly, uh, uh, Brett, is on Novak Djokovic for a number of reasons. One, his amazing record there. Can he continue it too? Uh, the injury cloud, and he always attracts attention uh, regardless of what he does, it seems. Uh, but just two hours to dispatch um, a player that um, you in particular noted the other day you thought was a genuine contender in Andre Rublev, uh, and he minced him. Well, he looks fine to me, uh, Ian. So I, I think um, it's going to take... A miracle for anyone to beat Djokovic uh, from here, and you know his last two uh, performances have been simply sublime. You know he's, he wiped the floor with Alex Dimonor early break against Rublev last night, and and the look on Rublev's face, you know, only a handful of games into that first set, sort of told the story. He just knew what sort of night he was in for. You know, how do I crack Novak? And uh, you know Rublev doesn't really have a plan B. Doesn't have a lot of variance in his game. He'll just try to hit harder. Uh, but when you're playing Novak, who's uh, just playing with that incredible depth and accuracy, it just forces you to overplay. And then one error becomes two, becomes three, and the frustration sets in. So Tommy Paul has never played Novak before. So at least he hasn't got these scars from any past mm. meetings. He's obviously uh, well aware that this is going to be a huge task for him. But, you know, he's a, he's a player who was a terrific junior um, was actually really leading that American pack when he was much younger, and then they all overtook him, and now he's catching up. <clears throat> and a very good coach, you know, a very good coach in Brad Stein has got two days to think of a game plan of how to unrattle uh, Djokovic, because even if he is 95%, I mean, he's, his movement is still incredible on a hard court. So it's almost, you know, I mean, it's a fait accompli what's going to happen. We can see the script unless... You know, unless uh, he has a total meltdown, Djokovic, which at this stage of a tournament, he just doesn't. He doesn't lose semifinals or finals at the Australian Open. It's as simple as that. I suppose, Brett, um, if there is any truth to um, the fact that he's been on machines all night uh, trying to remain relatively fit or as fit as he can be, I suppose there is an outside chance if someone like a Tommy Paul, who's a young man, can push him deep into the match. If he can get him past into the deep into the fourth set, the fifth set, 
uh, then the body might be under a bit more pressure than it has been in the last two matches. That might be a, an opening for him. Yeah, look, no, no doubt. I mean, that, that's what we'd probably be fascinated to see if Djokovic was stretched to four or five sets. But yeah, these these guys have got to they've got to come out of the blocks. Um, you know, I mean, they, not that they are not champion at the bit, and you know, they're they're ready to go. They want to take on Djokovic, but it's almost like he just in the blink of an eye <clears throat> snuffs you out in the first you know, three or four games. He gets that early break and you can't peg him back. So, you know, unless you get that first set, you're just up against it all the time. He's just a great front runner, Djokovic. Uh, he rarely gets beaten. So, yeah, it's, it's just a difficult assignment. Uh, it's as simple as that. And, um, you know, the way he's serving, the way he's off the ground, the way he redirects the ball, uh, he, he just makes life uh, a nightmare at that hard court. And yeah, it can be a pretty lonely place. But anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see. I and mean, I'm all for the underdog in sport. Um, mm. You know, we want to see these guys really take him on. If he's still to win the Australian Open, it'd be great to see someone really push him to the limits to win. Uh, but he's, sort of, he's looking fairly invincible right now. The other semi-final uh, in the men's side of things, of course, is Stefano Tsitsipas. Uh, he's the highest remaining seed, actually, as uh, number three. Uh, he uh, accounted for Yannick Sinner the other day. It was uh, into five sets. That was his biggest challenge. But he's up against uh, a fellow with a very big serve. He's a big man, and Karen Hushinoff, who accounted for TFO. And, and then, of course, he put Sebastian Corder away quite simply, too. He's playing uh, great tennis. I mean, he's backed up from New York last year where he made a semi final. So, you know, many people have always thought this is where Hushinov uh, should be. Uh, for the the type of game and the type of uh, athlete that he is, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, players with a little bit more variety have uh, been able to overtake him the last uh, few years. So that's you know, it's a tough matchup for City Pass. Uh, but you know, Stephanos has played great tennis in this tournament. I just think he's probably going to be a bit too dynamic that what he can do with the ball and he's uh, he's rushing at the net. Um, you know, he's got a great wingspan there. So I just think you know he he's probably got more tools that allow him to win. Does he have a realistic chance against Djokovic if that's the matchup in the final? Look, he'll probably have a crowd on his side. I think um, you know the Greek support he'll get. Although you know the Serbians do support Novak Djokovic. I mean that would be the best atmosphere on Rod Laver Arena if those two did match up. Um, the both supporter bases have been here in big numbers in this tournament, and you know could could um, you know the crowd factor help you know City pass if he wins them over, which you know he has been able to do uh, right throughout this tournament. So um, yeah, it's you know probably time for Steph to step up uh, this year and and claim one of the majors, but it's still difficult when you got Djokovic so dominant on a hard court and a grass court and Rafa on a on a clay court. Uh, that's that's still the mm. challenge for these guys. Women's side of the draw is uh, interesting in that, uh, basically, uh, apart from uh, Arena Sabalenka, who uh, is the fifth seed, uh, the rest of the names went pretty early on in the piece. You recommended that perhaps that Pagula might be the one to beat, uh, but uh, she was absolutely no match in her quarterfinal. So uh, here we go. Uh, we're looking at uh, Arena Sabalenka uh, up against uh, Magda Lynette from Poland. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been pretty bullish about Sabalenka um, the last uh, fortnight. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, it's hers to lose in, in a sense because of, you know, the way she has uh, stepped up with her serve uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the double fault numbers. Although there was a few more in the last game, but, I mean, she, you know, still wiped the floor three and two there with Donna Vekic so she could afford a few extra double faults uh, because she won the grand battle so convincingly. And I just think mentally she's in a really good place because uh, she can be a bit volatile, but she seems to have the emotions under control. So I think she brings the fairy tale run to an end of, 
uh, Magda Lynette. And the other one's a really tough one to call. It should be a great matchup. I mean, Roebuck and he's all that firepower, and, and Vika's got to try and sort of counter that and, you know, just use a really good smart set on the tennis court to mix things up. Uh, still, still a good ball striker, uh, but not getting the same, you know, winner speed as what a Rybuckner would. So she's got to play a different type of game as Zarenka. But her returning uh, the other night, I was just watching her against Pagula, and she just got herself into a great spot. She anticipated, read the serve well, and she was getting that first strike back up the middle of the court. And immediately, you're under a bit of pressure in your service games. That's what she's got to try and do. Although she's dealing with a, a bigger server tonight in Rybuckner, who will make that assignment a little bit more difficult. I was uh, reading this morning um, a story of uh, an, a protest overnight, uh, some sort of protest involving the Russian flag and Putin, etc. It was put to bed pretty quickly, was it? Yeah, I think so. I, the guy, I, I left after the Djokovic match and I, I saw there was quite a few Serbian fans around who, look, they, they, they were fine, they were just happy and great atmosphere, singing and everything else. I didn't see anything to myself until I probably got home. I saw a little bit on social media. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of been diffused. And, and it's interesting. There's been a lot of talk about Australia Day today. What are what are people allowed to bring into the tennis? And will there be, um, yeah, anyone uh, coming in wearing T-shirts or flags? I mean, there's all these sorts of rules. Some, I think, are a little bit over the top. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, We'll see if anything is disruptive in the last few days of the tournament where people sometimes use the Australian Open to make a statement about a cause. I think, you know, if I think back the last few years, we've had an interruption of some sort on Rod Laver Arena, which uh, is hard to control. Uh, you know, for security, you know, they're doing their, their level best, but someone will always possibly sneak through and uh, do something untoward. But we'll, yeah, hopefully have that all in check. Australia does still have uh, some interest in the tournament, of course. Um, with uh, the men's doubles team, uh, Kubler and Hijikata. Great win yesterday, knocking off uh, the top seeds and the, and the most successful doubles pairing of last year, Wesley Kuloff of the Netherlands and Neil Skupski of GB. So, yeah, they played dynamic tennis. Uh, great synergy right throughout the tournament. Uh, there's something about men's doubles at the Australian Open after Kokonakis and Kyrgios last year was the All-Australian Finals, mm. we know, playing Ebden and Purcell. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past these boys um, to uh, maybe go all the way. Uh, they're playing Granolas and Zobias in the semi, Spanish-Argentinian pair who have got plenty of experience in, in doubles and gone deep into slams. Uh, but, yeah, Rinky and Jason will have the crowd behind them. Uh, they're two terrific young guys, good singles careers ahead of them, and uh, they've combined beautifully in the dubs. Yeah, it's, a, it's good. We've, got, we've still got something left, Ian, which is nice. What, what about your commitments uh, over the next uh, two or three days? What, what matches are you calling? Yeah, we'll continue to call... Um, Obviously, the semis tonight, back to back. So myself and Jordan Canellis will be calling the semis, and then uh, yeah, the men's semis will be split what across the day and night tomorrow. So we'll be right across that, and uh, yeah, women's final and men's final Saturday, Sunday night. So we'll bring that to everyone on uh, SCNZ, and looking forward to it. Uh, is you know, if I think back to last year with Barty, it was probably my most enjoyable night sitting in the box, and I, I love the interaction mm -hmm. from. Our listeners as well. It's a great part about radio. There's a lot of people out there who are not near a TV set and the radio um, can bring them inside Rod Laver Arena, wherever they might be. So, uh, yeah, we, we're hoping for a, a terrific finish. Not an Aussie victory in the singles, but, yeah, I think we'll get, uh, we'll get a couple of cracking finals, however it looks. 
How, how do you prepare for you know semi-finals of Grand Slams and finals? Is it, you know, is it does it you take it up a notch? I mean, do you work your way through the fortnight like the players, or you take each <laughs> match as it comes as such? Yeah, I think you're just in the zone of each uh, each match, and you know, as you know, with the radio medium, um, you know, you you're really trying to take people and paint a picture. And you know, I've been really lucky the last fortnight to have uh, some great tennis minds alongside me. Um, you know, either ex-players or you know, journalist broadcasters who live and breathe the sport pretty much uh, 12 months of the year. So their insights are. Are valuable. I enjoy, um, you know, picking the brain of them and, and their many thoughts on the tour because it is such a, a big sport to cover. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, just the focus and the concentration, the adrenaline just sort of pumps through, uh, Ian, uh, through not much sleep over the last uh, fortnight. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it's great fun. You know, I think uh, tennis on the radio is an interesting sport to try and call and describe and take people inside. And, yeah, we try and have a little bit of fun as well. And, and, we, and we love the input because... You know, the, the listeners out there, and I encourage anyone, you know, listening to your show today, uh, you know, joining the discussion with us, throw your views in, and, and you, we've got some great names in the box who you can pick the brain of, uh, you know, including Mark Woodford last night. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll mm. go again tonight all the way through to Sunday. Well, you're portraying it uh, brilliantly from uh, our perspective. Uh, long may that uh, continue. Uh, all the best with your calls over the next uh, three or four days, uh, Brett, and uh, thanks again for your time this morning. Uh, most, most valuable to us. Pleasure, Ian. Talk soon.